This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyTShirt.com. Position preview continues. We've got Greg Barnes, Ross Martin. Today, we talk wide receivers and tight ends. Ross Martin, I'll come to you first with the wide receivers. Said it last show with quarterbacks and running backs. I'll continue to theme the wide receiver room especially loaded in Chapel Hill. Mac Brown has given Phil Longo the keys to a bunch of Ferraris. How will he use them this year? Yeah, I mean, it's stacked. I mean, I think this is the deepest position on the whole team. Um, of course, there's, there's, good, there's a great quarterback and some good running backs, but you are just – you look down the list of names. Daz Newsome, Diami Brown, Bo Corrales, Antoine Green, Rontavious Groves, Emory Simmons. I mean, those are the guys from last year that had some plays, but you're adding in Coffrey Brown. Justin Olsen's healthy, and the freshmen, Josh Downs, Ray Rose, Stephen Gosnell, and Tylee Kraft. I mean, like that list, it's a stacked group with really high-end talent, guys that have NFL aspirations with some really good players who can make plays with, you know, Antavius Groves made big catches last year. Bo Corrales made big catches last year. Antoine Green's been injured a lot during his career, but he's supposed to put on a lot of weight and is ready to compete this year. He'll compete with Bo Corrales for a lot of reps as well, and then the hype is on for, for Josh Downs, highest-ranked recruit, offensive recruit for UNC in the 2020 class. He's expected to be right there alongside Daz Newsom at that slot position. So a lot of names, a lot of excitement, and they have a great quarterback. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for this group after impressing last year. I mean, there's just there's – just, there's depth, there's talent, there's speed, there's size. This, this group really has it all, and it's, it's super exciting for, for the Tar Heel offense. Greg, looking at the list, of course, everybody talks about Daz, Diami, and Bo. But what I find interesting with the group is Phil Longo has a player for each type receiver you need to make the offense work. All of these guys, Bo's possession guy. Uh, Daz is your jitterbug in the slot, and Diami can get deep. Even in those top three guys, but then you add all the other guys Ross mentioned. I mean – I wondered last year how these guys would get enough reps to be happy. Clearly that happened with Sam Howell going nuts and Brown and Newsom having a thousand plus, but does it continue? How does it continue when you add guys like Josh Downs, Ray Rose into the mix? Well, I, th- I think the, the challenge is going to be making sure that you rotate players in and out enough so that by the time you get to the fourth quarter, Whoever, whoever the horse you want to you ride down the stretch, you have that ability for that person to be at 100% or you're know, close to it. Um, you know, obviously, North Carolina did a great job in the fourth quarter last year, especially with what Sam Howell did and his wide receivers. Uh, but you, if you make sure those guys are just a little bit more fresher, more fresh, 
that's that's pretty critical, and that that's an advantage. And when you start talking about playing you know, some of these better teams, especially with how North Carolina's schedule sets up this year, with there being ten conference games, uh, and so. I find it fascinating. I mean, yeah, your big three is Diami, Daz, and Bo for sure, and they've they've kind of earned that that title and, and toes in there as well. I think you can make the case, however, when you're talking about Antoine Green, you're talking about Emory Simmons, and you're talking about Josh Downs. Those three are going to be competing for a lot of playing time, and I think you can make the case that those those three may be the most talented out of the bunch. Um, and they're younger, and they're going to have to wait their turn a little bit, but they're going to be pushing hard. And so Daz and Diami and Bo and Toe, they're all going to have to elevate their games in training camp uh, and as we get into the season to make sure they're, they're still getting the, the snaps and the reps and the targets that they, they got last year. UNC wide receivers coach Lonnie Galloway told us over the summer that, I mean, he wants – he doesn't want Diami and Daz to play 70 snaps. Yeah. I mean, he really wants them to play – 35, 40, 45 snaps, and he wants the other guys to come in and, and take a couple possessions and, and, and downs from them. So you're talking second quarter, third quarter, you'll see a lot of these names that we mentioned, but there, hopefully there's no drop-off. I mean, these guys are talented as well and have mm-hmm. earned, earned some time there. So it's going to help everybody, like, like Greg said, to get the, the really, really talented guys at the top rest at certain points during the games and then bring them on in the fourth quarter to close out contests. Yeah, that's the thing with the depth, Greg. You know, Daz and Diami are great, but are they great at 75%? Are they better than Josh Downs at 100%? And that's what I think we'll see in the next year or so. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's one of the, the critical things is uh, – that was a conversation we had last year about defensive line, right? Is, is Aaron Crawford at 70% better than your backups at, at 100? Um, and for most of the year, the answer yes. is, yeah, he is better at 70%. Uh, <laughs> And you hope that's not the case with this wide receiver group. This is because, you know, the fact that the offensive line is going to be better, Sam Howell is going to have more time to throw, which means they're probably going to insert more vertical routes. And when you're talking about vertical routes, I mean, those guys are running hard down the field a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it builds up over time, that wear and tear. And especially when you're talking about guys like you know, Downs, who's, who's such a burner, uh, to be able to sneak him out there and have him – and brown occasionally run verticals together uh that's fun for sam howe and that's also very problematic for for cornerbacks on the other team and the comfort level is going to be there with how and how was working out with diamond brown in charlotte in in march april may because they both live down there during the uh quarantine period and they have another year with phil longo they know that they have a lot more, i mean the wide receivers role in the air raid is very intuitive and you have to be you have to know what to do, but then you have to be creative on your own and, and understand the concepts and, and where to go within the, within the concepts. So they have a better understanding with that. They have more comfort with, with Sam Howe, Sam Howe more, more comfort with them, where they like the ball, where they need to go. And it's going to be a lot easier and quicker with different signals to get those guys open and, and, and obviously get more yards and more touchdowns. So that's be interesting to watch how improved each player is with another year in the system with Sam Howe at quarterback. Yeah, and having that depth, that good depth. You see guys, and Greg, you mentioned, you see guys running burner routes down. They don't run back to the line. They run off to the side and somebody else comes in. That couple things that happens, that keeps you guys fresh. It also keeps the offense moving in a hurry without having to wait for guys to sprint back and all. Uh, looking at um, a guy like Josh Downs and, and all these other guys, 
I think having Sam Howell in the system for year two and year three is going to make a world of difference as far as chemistry. Greg, you mentioned it. Uh, I mean, they can work together. We've talked about practicing during a pandemic. What do you do? How do you have team practice? And all? One thing you can do is you can do seven on sevens or you can have quarterbacks and receivers. I think Sam Howell's role at stepping up there is really going to help all these guys, especially the young ones. Yeah, for sure. Just being in the second year in the, the system, being a second year player, having the success that he had, you have to imagine that his confidence level is just through mm-hmm. the roof. And that's going to uh, carry over to you know, all the skill position players because they're going to trust him. And that helps with that chemistry dynamic. And I think also the fact that when you've got veterans like Daz and Toe and Bo and, and Diami who have been around even before Sam, uh, they can help the younger guys. And so Josh Downs is going to have a lot of questions. Uh, and they're there to help him and they can really help him with film study and all those kind of things. So while you do, you have lost some of that on field connectivity just because of how the pandemic's played out, there's ways around that. And you can, you can mitigate those concerns in the film room, in conversation with the confidence with all these guys. And so I think, I think Sam's the key. I mean, for this entire team, for this entire season, and it just, it just kind of works its way down uh, and it'll, it'll help all these help all these other positions, especially the young guys. Indeed. Ross Martin, you've covered recruiting with Don Callahan a plenty over the last couple of years, especially with Inside Carolina. Of all these young guys, I figure we'll break the list at Emory Simmons that we have okay. working off of. Of all those guys below, and I think Josh Downs would be the clear answer, so I'm going to take him off the board for you. <laughs> okay. Who, what young guy or Carolina fans are going to get to know on the football field as soon as they get the opportunity not named Josh Downs? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So you're looking at Coffrey Brown, Justin uh, Olsen, Ray Rose, Stephen Gosnell, and Tylee Kraft. You know, Josh Downs was brought in early with the first team type players in June. So that was a little insight into how much he, they expect from him. Uh, I've heard good things about Gosnell. You know, he was an NC State commit, flipped to UNC. He's big. Uh, he enrolled early. He was teammates with Jefferson Boaz over at Pilot Mountain, East Surrey High School. Um, so I could see him getting some run this year. Uh, I don't know too much about Ray Rose, but he was a t- highly talented recruit as well. So those would be my two guys. They're both freshmen. Uh, Brown and Olsen have been in the system for a year. Olsen was injured last year, and I haven't heard much about those guys. But I'll go with Gosnell. I think he steps in next year kind of as that big wide receiver once, once Bo um, – graduates and kind of to jump in there um greg mentioned the confidence of sam howe this wide receiver group is super confident they know how good they are they've been talking some not junk but they've been you've seen stuff on twitter here and there about being the best receivers group in the nation i mean this offense is gonna be rolling on full on full cylinders and it's it's partly because of this this wide receivers group their experience their talent how good they are and who they have thrown to them Yep, it is, and it's going to be uh, fun to watch whenever that happens. I'm going to take a short break. That's been the wide receiver room. We're going to come back after this break, talk the other guys that catch the ball. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm Tommy Ashley, Greg Barnes, Ross Martin, and Johnny T-Shirt, the place for you to go get all your Carolina gear. Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street, johnnytshirt.com. 10% off your everyday order. If you're uh, our Inside Carolina premium subscribers, consistent sales sign up for the mailing list get all the information on the sales all the gear you could possibly need if you're a nike guy they got nike guy if you like jordan brand got it they got everything you could possibly want carolina uh related 
shop. They're great folks, great friends of Inside Carolina, great friends of you if you're Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. All right, Greg Barnes and Ross Martin, let's talk tight ends. And this is a sort of a room that I think there's some talent there, but I don't know if it's utilized. Obviously, uh, there's only so many balls to go around, but Garrett Walston, I guess, leads the group. Greg, he had some good moments last year, followed up by some young guys. Uh, you know, where's the tight end group in relation to the rest of the skill positions? I, I think that it's often forgotten, but I, I don't see any justification yet why it shouldn't be the least mentioned. Yeah, I think the tight end position is a very uh, unique group because you we've we've bragged so much on quarterback and running back and even the offensive line some, and of course wide receivers uh, in this podcast. But the one position that actually had some turmoil in this offseason, even dating back to last year, was tight ends. Um, you, you have the whole situation with, uh, with, the, with the coach and Brewster and how that played out with him uh, getting out of town. Carl Tucker uh, transfers, goes to Alabama. Uh, you lose a, a key veteran leader in Jake Vargas. And so a lot of things kind of up in there. And then you look at, you know, how were these guys utilized last year? Uh, Walston, as you mentioned, was kind of the, the leader in the clubhouse, and he ended up playing a lot last year due to injuries. But he was seventh in terms of uh, catches on the team, which, which is not very high. So I think, I think Walston clearly is a talented kid. Uh, they really like Maury Morales. I think he's a guy that uh, just has a, has a lot of talent, uh, and he, he looks the part. And then you got some, some young guys in Copenhagen and, and Carr who they think can, can really kind of benefit what they want to do. But I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding this position group. And when you're talking about so much talent running back and wide receiver, uh, how, much, how much opportunity is there for, for the tight ends to contribute beyond in the run game and uh, occasionally with, with some, some catches over the middle? We'll have to wait and see, uh, but I think there's some, some talent there now that they can utilize. We'll have to see how Phil Longay wants to work them in. This is Garrett Walson's year. I mean, he kind of took over the starting job midway through last season, and over, I think Tucker was injured a little bit, knocked up here and there. So this is when Walson was a big-time recruit. I mean, he was a highly touted recruit. He committed to Georgia. Um, he committed to John Lilly at Georgia under Mark Rick. Um, He's athletic, he's big, but he just hasn't shown it yet. I don't know if that's part of the offense or just you – know, he had some issues kind of learning the blocking scheme early on and, and some strength conditioning concerns early. But, you know, this is a senior year and this is the last, you know, last chance. And he seems ready. Great leader, great, great guy. And, you know, excited to see what he can do in this year. It's kind of confusing. I don't, I don't know how much they want to use a tight end. I mean, why would you want to use a passing tight end when you have a Diami Brown or a or – Antoine Green um so they do use it a lot in the, in the blocking um in the run game and blocking schemes and lead out to the edge as well so it'll be interesting to see over the next few years how much the tight end is really used that was part of the reason why Tim Brewster left he didn't think the tight ends were, were being utilized part of the reason in, in Phil Longo's offense um and they've recruited kind of bigger tight ends in, in Kendall Carr and John Copenhaven um just big dudes that can they can run and can catch the ball so I don't know how much they're moving towards a pass catching tight end or just someone who can block on the edge, uh, on, on kind of alongside the offensive line and make plays here and there. So with all the talent wide receiver, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the tight end position. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, look, you got five offensive linemen, you got a quarterback. So that's six. 
So you've got five spots available. Uh, when you look at what North Carolina has offensively this year, let's say you want to put Javante and Michael Carter in the backfield. That leaves you three other spots. Yeah. So are you going to put a tight end out there or are you going to use three of those dynamic wide receivers? If you decide to go you know, four wide, are one of those guys going to be replaced with a tight end? Sometimes the answer is yes. You, you would assume in, in third down, obvious passing down yardages where you need to get a first down. That's where a big body guy that you can trust is valuable there. On first and 10, do you really need a tight end going out over the middle when you have so many other options? I don't know. That's, that's the challenge. It's not really a matter of Longo not liking a tight end. It's more of the way that his offense is designed. You want it to be quick strike. You want it to be explosive. You want to utilize guys in space that have a lot of speed. And unless you have like an Eric Ebron type talent, you know, it's going to be a challenge to see those guys getting a lot, getting a lot of play. You have to like Walsh being a senior, though. He understands the concepts. He can, he can do the blocking stuff. He can be part of the team. He, can, he knows what to do for his position. He wants to help them win in his final year. So when they need him, I think he'll be there and be able to contribute whatever way. That's a run game, passing game, all that good stuff uh, with, with Garrett Walsh there out of Wilmington. You know, it's interesting. I, I've been talking to the 2010 guys using the reunion tour on that podcast, and Zach Pianato talked about, uh, being T.J. Yates's safety blanket. And he said, let's be honest, guys. I just went and got open, caught the ball, and fell forward. Oh, look, another first down. I think Walston can do more than that. But I think if he can do that, I think Sam Howell's got a good place to get rid of the ball if he needs to. But like you mentioned, Greg, and both of you guys mentioned, there's just so much talent across the board in the wide receiver room. I'm not sure. Um, I think if my math is correct, tight ends caught 18 balls last year. Out of yeah. 265. Walston had nine and, and one touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's so, many, so many guys that can catch. It'll be something to see if Longo can utilize the tight ends. One thing we got to talk about in this that uh, I missed earlier, I dropped the ball. Greg Barnes, <laughs> you mentioned it. You mentioned it before uh, when we talked about Sam Howell on the previous podcast, is the drops. And you got to believe – that I don't know how many they were. I think 30, you said, something to that effect. Yep. you got to believe that 99.99% of those are between the ears, Greg. That, it, that has to improve in the coming seasons, right? Yeah, and last year was very interesting because very rarely do you hear coaches harp on something in the offseason, and then you actually see it play out during the course of the season. You know, typically, if they're harping on something in the offseason, they get it fixed because it's a big deal and you don't see it play out quite as much. But Lonnie Galloway was all over his receivers. I mean, dating back to last spring. Uh, and they were doing all the drills with tennis balls and all those kind of things. I mean, uh, when, when you look at the stats, this is pro football-focused stats, but in the ACC last year, Deami Brown led the league in drops with nine. Daz Newsom was tied for second with eight. Bo Corrales was tied for fourth with seven. Uh, and then Toe Groves was tied for 12th with five. That's just in the ACC. Uh, that's a lot of drops. And kind of what makes that so uh, fascinating to me is these guys made a lot of crazy catches last year. Yeah, yeah. Like incredible bobbles. the back. Yeah. Through two, through two cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, the, some of the passes that, that Das called in the uh, bowl game were just crazy. And yet, there are these simple passes that come to them, and they're just right here, almost kind of wide open, and they bobble them. 
and that gets to your point, Tommy, is you've been talking with these guys this summer. They're like, you know what? It's just a matter of focus. Like, we know we can catch it. I mean, we're proving that we can catch it. But maybe we're already running before we get our hands on the ball. Or maybe we're just not as keyed in as we need to be because we think it's going to be an easy catch. Those things matter. And when you're, as we said, when you're talking about 30 drop passes for a quarterback, I mean, think about how good Sam was. Think about how good Sam could have been if some of those passes were caught. And a couple of those were going to be touchdown passes. Uh, and so I think that's a, a critical step forward for this group. And if they want to get braggadocious and cocky about how good they can be, have at it. But to do that, you've got to make sure you correct some of these minor things. Hey, remember, this is the first full year with Daz Newsom having contacts. True. He got contacts like midway through last season or maybe <laughs> yeah. beginning of last season. So, yeah. <laughs> Greg, where are you? Are you at the beach? No, I'm in my, uh, I'm in my downstairs uh, in-law suite. Okay. What's it? Where is that? <laughs> I, I got booted from, I got booted from my office space. Oh, in your, uh, it's, you're at your house. Yeah, I'm at my house. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You looks need like to you're... stop working from home. You're going to be out in the garage shortly. I know, I am. <laughs> looks like a beach house. <laughs> Look, this has been fun. One last thing about the drops is Galloway and Longo have got enough guys in the room. If you can't catch it, no matter how good you are, there's somebody behind yeah. you that'll be able to do it. And, it's a uh, great motivator, yeah. Yeah, the, the bench, what's Max say? The bench is a great motivator. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, even tight end. Plenty of guys that can send you there if you don't do your job. Ross Martin, Greg Barnes, I'm Tommy Ashley. been listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. Position previews, the state of the positions. No matter what happens this season, Carolina's loaded at all four and beyond. Johnny T-Shirt, much appreciated that you're our sponsor. Greg and Ross, thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.